percent four twenty seventy two question mark. All right, I think we've got a little bit of Ghost Train Triple X to get started with this fine morning. Anybody want to start it? Feel like I'm always the starter. I always take like two or three fucking extra hits. I feel like I get higher than you guys because of that, because of the start. There is an option taking only one hit. Well, but you got it. Look, I got to burn through this. I'm doing this for you guys, man. I'm (laughs) taking it for the team. (laughs) That's what I was telling Amanda last night because she was giving me shit about always hitting the weed on my own. I'm like, well, I'm just making sure that it's legit. See, three hits to get past the fucking paper nipple. (laughs) (laughs) I need to write that down. I wonder if I stop putting the paper nipple on there, if it changes anything. That's the name of this one, paper nipple. Yeah. That's a good episode name. (laughs) So, about nipples. (laughs) No. Just no? No. It's not, we're not talking about nipples this episode. Although, have you guys ever seen? <laughs> All right, I'm just, I'm just talking it. shit. <laughs> I thought you actually had that. No, yeah. I know I got really interested for a second. <laughs> Not surprising. Nope. Nope. All right, what is this episode going to be about? What happened to the... Where's the board? Like, the board game. Oh, I do have it. I forgot it in the car. Do we want to keep doing it? I, I don't know. I feel like it kept me more engaged. <laughs> it did, time. right? Yeah. yeah. Let's we do could it. do a Let's quick pause, right? right? You want to pause? Be pause. Right. Cut it out. Right, right down the cup. Be right back. Is it locked? Yeah. <laughs> Cutting at 545. There you go. <laughs> The board game. We're going to smoke this whole joint by the time you guys get back. (laughs) It's going to be like a haze of smoke. (laughs) So you really... You really stayed at your house twice in a row? Yeah. Well, you think I'm going to do it once and then yeah. not stay there? <laughs> I'm just checking, man. Oh, did you get a new one? Did you do a new one? No. Oh, okay. Just had some other drugs in there. What about the pieces? I got them. I need to draw, like, cardboard faces for them. For the pieces? Yeah. So we each have our own. Make mine Chinese. (laughs) This is not a picker avatar. Cultural appropriation. What's the fun in that? I get to do the caricatures. That's the fun. Are they caricatures of us? What you decide. Uh. 
We start on neutral, is that? Yeah. We're never neutral. Pod 72 cut at 545. So you cut it, then you have to put resumes at? Or? Yeah, I just find that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we are resuming back to paper nipples. Paper nipples. <laughs> I <laughs> thought we'd we? move past paper that. <laughs> that's what we should call this. Paper okay. nipples. Uh, that's the game? Yeah. So it was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> strongly agree. <laughs> forgot what color what color you're probably orange right <laughs> sure i'll be orange isn't that what you picked i'm wearing last time? a darker orange shirt i picked shirt. blue but i don't mind switching yellow and you're wearing a purple i am so there you go babe. there you go perfect yeah oh that should be something you have to wear like your uh, color <laughs> you wear what color shirt. are you you're gonna have to wear blue shirts for now right <laughs> I don't know if I've ever worn anything yellow. Right. Besides a yellow belt when I was in mm. Kempo okay. back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, yellow shirts don't really work often, do they? Some yellow. people disagree. Well, girls, it's different, I guess. No. This I was thinking about men. Wrong, but I feel like black dudes pull off yellow shirts really well. So <laughs> it might sound it? wrong. Kristoff. <laughs> so you guys all know Kristoff. Um, so anyway, a little recap on Kristoff, Tai Chi master, Kung Fu master, um, great kickboxer, and he was in this fucking goth band. So I saw him the night before, right? So he's all dressed up in his goth leather, pleather, fishnet, you know, craziness. <laughs> and then the next day he walks in for his Tai Chi class. And he's in this big yellow banana fucking looking suit. It was all yellow. Like it's yellow is this yeah. right here. But what it kind was, of suit? It was like a Tai Chi Kung Fu kind oh, of. It was like a, what, what was Bruce Lee in the, the nunchuck scene? Has the, the yellow oh, the, jumpsuit. Oh, the yellow jumpsuit. Yeah. No, it wasn't a jumpsuit. It was like yeah. a flowy, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. but it was pretty funny. The, the Just the dichotomy right, of, right. you know. Yeah, and then. Be, a, be a DSM or whatever it's called. Is is it P-H-E? How you spell his Christoph? Uh, I don't know. I think so. Have you seen that dude floating around at all? It's been a minute. Yeah. We met him that one time. Yeah. Like a year ago. And then he was at a show with us at Herman's like a couple months after that. Yeah, it's probably been about a year since the last time he popped in. Yeah, there's a lot of characters floating around out there. I was just surprised to see him sing, really. I didn't know he did that. Though I'm not surprised. Yeah, he did kind of like a a reggae, gothy um, kind of rap style, at least when I heard him. Yeah, he was more like chanting when he was on stage with us. Yeah, but he was wearing like a straw cowboy looking hat, <clears throat> jeans, vest, jeans. Oh, no shirt about underneath. That one, no yeah. shirt underneath. His he's, jeans vest. He's cowboy boots. <laughs> I think he got on stage with us like five or six times over the last year and a half, and 
uh, yeah, every time he had some Interesting very, outfit, very eclectic yeah. on. Yeah. The fashion. He can pull it off, though. Yeah. I don't know about that denim one. Let's be real. That was. <laughs> I. What did he have a denim vest on? Or it was a whole denim outfit, like a denim vest, denim jeans, and then like a straw hat. <laughs> I strongly disagree. I think just based on his personality, that he can pull just about any outfit. Oh, he looked comfortable in it. It doesn't mean it didn't look a little goofy. Doesn't mean that goofy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that Tai Chi, you know, that Tai Chi fucking suit that he wore was goofy as fuck because it was just all yellow. Like everything on it was yellow, and it was it looked like MC Hammer pants, and you know what I'm saying? Wait, do you guys know who MC Hammer is? You don't know. Maybe by face. Maybe by face. I'm really bad with celebrity names. So what would his significance be? He was like one of the first pop. Yeah. Rap kind of guys. Yeah, is that? And he was a dancer too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. If he was even that significant, honestly. Right? Yeah, it was just a short time. Right? right, but wasn't he like one of the forerunners for that kind I mean, of? Other than Hammer popular. Time, what did he have anything nothing, else? Nothing, like yeah. he was like a true one-hit wonder. Right. Yeah, I think he was just a one-hit wonder. Yeah, you know, and then maybe white people knew who he was. Right, you know what I mean? It reached maybe you know what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, wasn't he like something like that? That's what yeah. I would he say. He, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, person like that. Is. that is that is like yeah, there is something to that. He right. he was like the first, I guess sort of hip-hop personality that really transcended to white people, too. Yeah. That's yeah. what got them hooked? Yeah. Right. Smith. <laughs> right? Then, yeah. Then well, then you along. get the Vanilla Ice and... Right. Yeah. Same era, too. Or, yeah, vanilla same. Ice and Nancy yeah. Hammer. Well, that's what I'm saying. But it kind like of started that, kind of that yeah. trendy, <laughs> like, uh, or that trend of that mm-hmm. kind of okay. rap, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or, or pop, pop or, or whatever. Yeah. There's something there, yeah. Where they were real dancey, but, mm-hmm. you know. Kinda, First dude to wear PJs in a music video. <laughs> kind of gangster. Right. Who is that one dude who um, Baby Got Back? Do you remember Sir that Mix-a-Lot. team? Sir Mix-a-Lot. Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, he was another badass. one in that No, but he's, a, he's legit. Yeah. Right. He's what, still too What, uh-huh. what yeah, separates him? Like better music, I think, he, more. I think he still had like a yeah, a bit more of a following for his other music. Like those other guys couldn't right. have toured anything but their. Okay. Yeah, their, he like, had a hit. ton of Popular, albums before yeah. that yeah. song. Before Baby Got Back, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So he was like a, you know, he actually contributed to like the beginnings of hip hop and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and good music. Do you guys listen to a lot of that early hip hop? Back in the Not day. too much. Oh, I did for sure. Yeah. Like, who else is early hip hop that would be in that? You got Criss Cross. Criss Cross. Well, that's, that's actually MC Hammer. That's the same era again. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you want to yeah. go back further yeah, to like Run DMC I, or right. Sugar Hill and the Gang? That you actually listened to. Yeah. Uh-huh. What did Run DMC have? What was their big. Uh, my Adidas. Right. That was like a big song, and yeah. then they had like uh, fuck. They had the one with um, Aerosmith. Right. That one right. was real big. Yeah, and that was the first like rock hip hop like, yeah. collaboration. BC like, Boys. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't say I listened to much pre Run DMC. You know, like that'd be as old as I got. And even you know, even I didn't really listen to them. I listened to Easy E. 
mm. after like he left, or or maybe even just that one song, the Rolling on the Street in my six four, whatever, mm. whatever that one is. Yeah, I listen to that and I have a couple songs, you know, but not much older than that. Like Ice T, remember when he had like um, mm. Cop Killers? Right. And uh, now he plays yeah. a cop. <laughs> I think I was more like, I was an Ice Cube fan. Ice Cube. That's probably the oldest that I got. Mm -hmm. It was like Predator, Ice Cube. That's kind of when I started listening to hip hop and Doggy Style, Snoop, you know, like that era. Dre. So do you think like NWA. maybe where did that branch off? Because like Ice Cube and NWA and Easy e was like way more gangster than like. Snoop, right? And that was kind of... Snoop kinda, was yeah, Well, Snoop but was. he was like more chill. You know what I'm saying? Or or maybe not yeah. back in the day, but yeah. he's... His early albums were more more on the like yeah. street side of things. Yeah. And then he started yeah. talking more about like the partying and mm -hmm. right. that sort of thing. I think thing a lot of later. it was like Dre, because Dre was kind of like neutral. He was just like a musician. Oh, yeah. You know well, yeah, he was... Uh, right. He... He was in the world class wrecking crew and they right. wore sequin outfits. Right. Like, like purple did, suits and shit. Did like yeah. disco, like pop music right. and then yeah, yeah. and then he took a hard left and started making gangster rap and Right, but I think he was just like a great But is he the guy who you know, kind of like brought that. that together though? Because there was that Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then Ice Cube was like the writer. He wasn't really that street either. He was like he went to like a white school and he was like good at school. Right. You know, uh, and he just wrote all the time. You know, he didn't really get involved with all that shit either. So I think him and Dre didn't really get involved with that stuff, right. but the rest of them did. And then Easy E was kind of a. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they say like that he didn't even really know how to do rap or any music and he was kind of the. I don't know, yeah. Um, they like asked him. Yeah, he was like a real street like, guy. Yeah, and, the, yeah, the gangster that came uh -huh. but then got pretty good at it. After right. a while, that makes yeah. sense because he sense, does yeah. even he just he kind of just shouts on the records, you know, like his style right. of rap is like it's really loud and right. he's like projecting a lot. Yeah. And but there's yeah. something to it though, like what about like how him and Tupac you could say aren't like that, like technically good, but like they're maybe the most famous. I you think know, Tupac time, was, I yeah, think he yeah, if, yeah. like some of his lesser known stuff, he's got like. Mm -hmm. Different. More than easy either. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot more rhythmic variation. I think you're right. He's more, yeah, he's has more art to it. Yeah. I wouldn't even know a Tupac song. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that because you weren't around that? Did you? Were you in like a? Did your friends listen to hip hop when you, you were know, growing up? You know, when I was rock? in the army, that's when you know we got exposed to a lot of different mm -hmm. music, um, mm -hmm. and so a lot of the black guys would certainly be listening to that. But they were listening to more of like Ice Cube, Ghetto Boys. Mm -hmm. um, you know the the harder. Mm -hmm. So you grew up more with like Def Leppard and. No, I was like, more uh, like into like Judas Priest and uh -huh. I mean Def Leppard when they did uh, High and Dry mm -hmm. was cool, but then like I I didn't really like that kind of gay glamour rock era that everybody went <laughs> through. Bands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like so even Motley Crue when they did. Did Judas Priest not really do that? No, they were just gay, <laughs> but they were hard. You know, but they didn't go all glamour. No, they didn't. Uh, they didn't okay, go. so that was like your main group back then, or what? Um, well, I listened to a lot of heavy metal and then a lot of like uh, Grateful Dead and mm. Led Zeppelin and okay. you know classic rock now. Right. Um, but yeah. I really didn't get into any of the new wave because that was when that new wave shit kind of mm. came around. Which right. there's some cool stuff. I'm calling it shit. Yeah. In the regards of just yeah. like you know, yeah, um, there's a not lot of saying it's shitty. Shit. Yeah, but it was a it was it was gay though. You yeah. know, it was like all the fucking 
crazy like I mean, the Cure Femi had some really and, gay songs, but I like yeah. like three of them, and I'm not even gonna lie about it. Who's that? The Cure. The Cure, yeah. One no, of the gayest bands songs. around, but right, I don't yeah, think they have mm-hmm. some good songs. there were a couple. Yeah. yeah. And that was what like all the defines the, a gay band. Oh, like he was actually gay, and he would put white makeup on his face and like fucking prance around on stage, like yeah, <laughs> shit. Like, yeah. All right. But Judas Priest was gay, you know, like Rob Halford was gay, and but he wasn't Smiths. like he wasn't gay, you know, it wasn't like he he's up on stage and it's like, well, that's fucking gay. He was like, you know, powerful and you know aggressive. Yeah, Judas Priest was different so, for sure. Yeah. So you know, there's the, being the gay, and then there's fucking the gayness. Yeah. Well, what about it? <laughs> what about like? <laughs> What's the question here? Well, what defines gayness? Not like actual homosexuality, but oh, like yeah. for <laughs> oh <laughs> no, no no flamboyant gayness in this context. So so like so, I got, that, so Judas Priest. What are they that you could use that word? What about Queen? Like Queen, he's uh, he was obviously yeah, he was gay as fuck. Just the Freddy. music was fucking dope, and yeah, he wouldn't call the music. Freddie also Fred. fucked women. Okay, oh, was that right? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. But he was like he was powerful. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. when you look at The Cure, or when you look at um, like even like remember like the Flock of Seagulls. Remember how they have had all that gay hairdo and just like how (laughs) femi they were you know like the the mannerisms that they would move in it was Uh very feminine freddie you know freddie mercury wouldn't like move like that he was powerful even though he was you know like gay and and they had Again, some same with tunes too. Yeah. Oh, they were so some, good. Yeah. Some dragon slayer. Oh, Come good. on. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's what I would say. That feminist. That <laughs> almost like. But you're not saying the music. The What's music that? is so good. It's or some, are you just talking sometimes about? Sometimes the gayness comes through the music. But like that real depressing <laughs> because a lot of that stuff started that depression mode. Mm-hmm. You know so what like I'm saying? Whiny. Well, like Depeche Modi and right. fucking um, just, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that started to go into depression rock before yeah. it started to go into yeah. like fucking emo yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's the origins of goth rock, yeah. <laughs> depression rock. Yeah, but then when you look at the depression rock, then you look at like the Seattle grunge, which just got heavy, but it's a lot Still of it's like pretty that. fucking depressing, like as far as low, you know, like. It's got that heavy beat to it, yeah. but it's kind yeah. of that, you know. It's well, it's, it's, uh, cloudy there it's emotional the or something. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't necessarily yeah. say it's like depressing, but it is like heavy emotionally. Yeah. Would, right. It's, it's not probably just a like better way. Pop song or something. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I didn't really get into a lot of that either. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. That was later. Was that like after? I mean, for you? even to this day, yeah. When it mm-hmm. when it was. You know, out and people were listening to it. It was still like, um, you know, it was good, like Alice in Chains and, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. Nirvana and some of those bands. I mean, Nirvana, I thought, was, you know, pretty fucking, mm-hmm. you know, legit that you would listen to. But the other ones, it just always seemed to me like to carry a little bit, like, lower yeah, maybe. Yeah. rhythm. That's what I always felt okay. like, you well, know. It, like, it might have been slower. Yeah. Actually, like literally. But it like he- but it's heavy, rock. but you think that's kind of slow. Agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> we agree with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that music had a. Uh, it's like a lower vibration almost. It's uh, like. 
Like it, it doesn't have the same punch, even when the tempo's a little bit quicker. It's still somehow. Yeah, it like never punches through. It's yeah. like, hmm. you know. Well, is it is it because it's know, like almost like blue balls for music, where you never <laughs> yeah. really get that like finish. It makes me. <laughs> it, it really it really paints the picture of that like that area of like the weather there you know what i mean it's like dark and rainy and also if i took i would ex- i would take out soundgarden and maybe nirvana mm-hmm. and then maybe if you guys are talking about the rest oh i i, I, I think those that. fucking you know I mean? are the definition of what we're talking <laughs> is that right? about i okay. see i don't know it well enough to say who who is who i just yeah. know that kind of genre that's how it always did for me. Like I wouldn't listen to that. Maybe the exception um, of smells like Teen Spirit. Well, yeah, you're right. The whole like second album or that third one, the last one yeah. was dark as fuck and slow and down. That's true. Yeah. Those definitely don't help if you're already feeling down, though. I think it just feeds that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, kind of. I think, kinda, cathartic, I think it, you don't think it could be like cathartic. Like it could, to get it but out I think oftentimes mm-hmm. people get stuck in it just mm-hmm. because it becomes like addictive. In that, you, you agree that they get stuck in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. I would agree with that. I know. I'm at least that was my experience. Token this way. Right. You don't know what I think because I was depressed when I was listening to them. Yeah. So it makes sense. I think Soundgarden is the one that I still listen to a lot. Sure. I love Nirvana too. I think it's fucking brilliant music. Like that second album. I mean, really, all of them. They're. I think it's fucking brilliant, regardless I, of what I agree. And I think character we want to put but, on. But but they maximized their that energy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you should wherever you're at, you should do. It was angsty. I wouldn't go so far as just like. I mean, you could say the down stuff, and then I would just add other words to it. You know, because mm-hmm. it's also. It's pretty fucking aggressive. Nirvana yeah, is wild but aggressive. It, so you know? what I so wouldn't categorize like, it as is upbeat. You know what I'm saying? Not. So I wouldn't say that upbeat would be the <laughs> yeah. well, direction of like, the music. In the 80s, mm-hmm. if we talk metal, I never understood. Like I was surprised when I went back and looked, listened to 80s metal, how bright it is. Same with punk. Yeah. I thought it was like dark music, you know. And then I went back and I'm like, this is like I would listen to this on a sunny day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Van Halen or you know. Oh yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Or uh, and a lot of it's like battle music. Mm. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so the, when it's upbeat, it's like dance yeah. tempos. It's one seventeen. It's fucking. It's dance club music. You know. So in that way, it was way different. You know, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, but I would then say that the 90s was also heavier, you know, which I like. You mm-hmm. know, the stuff before that, if it's some of the bands we're mentioning. Where's Black Sabbath fit? The shit. I mean, mm-hmm. so they're heavy as fuck, yeah. even for back when they, you know. I feel like they were the true, like. They're, they're great. Metal origin. They are fucking great. Yeah, they are the, the fucking, yeah, the father of it all or whatever. Yeah, so I love Black Sabbath. Yeah, but, I think, I, um, but I've, you know, I went, there's, there's that period in the late 80s, mid 80s, I mean, a lot of the 80s, I, I don't listen to much music in that era, you know, just because it was like after me, and then when I'm doing it, it's just like, finding a few that I like, you know, I like a lot of that punk stuff, I gotta get into Judas the, Priest, I was honestly a good don't punk know, era. Uh, yeah. honestly, I don't even know Judas Priest that well. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. pretty legit. Yeah, I need to look at Metallica it. back in the day was yep. legit. Yep. Definitely. I saw them with uh, Cliff Burton. Really? Yeah, it was on the Ozzy Osbourne Ultimate Sin Tour. Mm, nice. This is a badass show. He comes 
you know, from the ceiling in that, Aussie. yeah, in that uh, bat throne, you know, okay. like, so he's coming down and then it just opens up these bat wings and he gets off and he's, you know, ripping probably like okay, crazy well, train or something. Uh, that that was great. Such a grand entrance. Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing that they had in the eighties. What's, what's the other band that like, everything's like a, the, it's like a theater they have crazy sets. What's that metal band? Same era. Uh, Iron Maiden. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. saw them like five times, yeah. man. Okay, what a great show! Yeah, so there was like a theatrical thing back mm-hmm. then. They were way into it. Was like a theater thing of smoke and fireworks and sets. And, yeah, I mean right? the yeah. show was just as you know important as the music. Mm-hmm. In in a lot of those. And it's good music too. That's another one I went back. They're apparently still really massive in Brazil, like to this day, way bigger than uh, apparently bigger there than they like ever even were here. And you know how big they are here. But uh, we played a show with a band in San Diego and one of the guys that was like on their tour, you know, management team or whatever uh, was telling us that just like uh, one season out of the year, He's managing Iron Maiden, and he has to book their tours in Brazil. And he was like, "You wouldn't fucking believe like mm. fifty thousand people a fucking night, just wow. uh, like yeah. crazy shit." Yeah. I've heard that there's a big metal scene out there, like in general. Mm. Yeah, like kind of old school heavy metal. No, like even new stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't know too many of the. I don't know any of the new bands. Right. Yeah, so sometimes I have a hard time with the word metal because mm-hmm. it changes so much from nineties. Yeah. Once it hits the nineties, they stop singing. You know what I mean? And it's just like growling and shit. You know what I mean? Oh, where it gets so that's like death metal. I mean, right. you still uh, had like um, yeah. shit. Well, now I can't think of any of the. Yeah, well, I guess like, Children of Bo- Bodom was like yeah, a good. Yeah. Oh, you don't know Children? Mm-hmm. And they're like bigger in Europe still. I think they're pretty big over here, but. Uh, Children of Bodom, mm. and they're they're like considered black metal. So, yeah. but he he sings like kind of harmonically, and then sometimes mm. it's like a little bit wild, and then but it's really like technical guitar mm. riffs and mm-hmm. you know heavy distortion and all that. But uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're great. The the lead singer just died like two years ago, but mm. so I don't know mm. if they're touring anymore. But, I, th- I think the heaviest I got into was like Pantera and Slipknot. So I, would put, like, I would put Pantera is getting close to, you know, I don't know, it's that same 90s thing, uh-huh. right? I put them similar to Nirvana, like obviously a little heavier. Yeah. But, but a little faster, yeah. though, like. Yeah, they're, they're heavier. Tempo, you know? Yeah, for like, sure. yeah. I would feel good about fighting to a Pantera song yeah. to a Nirvana song or something like that. Yeah. That's you know, it seems saying. like it would be a long, drawn-out fucking battle. The new Batman had, like, that's funny. The new Batman had a Nirvana song, yeah. like that slow one, too. Yeah. And it did have this, like, emo vibe. There was an emo <laughs> Batman. The whole movie was it emo, was emo, emo Batman. Yeah. <laughs> the new like, Batman? <laughs> yeah. It was well-made, but it was I liked emo. it. I still liked yeah. it, but it was, was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like uh, the angsty... Batman, Bruce Wayne, the you know, emotional dark, right? Yeah, yeah. I know one party is like eyeliner on, you yeah. know, because he like has the black stuff on his eyes and his, you know, Robert Pattinson, right? Right, he has his hair in his in his face. Wasn't that dude fucking in Twilight? Uh, yeah, but yeah, then I saw him in that Lighthouse movie. Did you ever see he, that? Shit? That movie is <laughs> you great. Seen that? <laughs> that movie is so underrated. I mean, I think it won awards and shit, but I I feel like I I feel bad that I even watched it. It made me feel so horrible. I love The Witch. 
that movie, the first one of that director. Wait, you didn't like The Lighthouse? I had a horrible experience. It's like, it's one of those movies oh, that you could describe could, as a good movie, I guess. It's but manic. Like, the, like watching it, I felt horrible. And well, then, that's, I think, the whole intention. But right. Well, I, why? Why do you feel what was... Oh, it's just like... It's like anxiety-inducing, because yeah, it's, it's like... it's black the, and white. It's a little abstract. They're, uh, like, living in this lighthouse for... It's, what, like a month or something, but they they mm, started... They crazy. That's, like, what it's yeah. supposed to be, and then yeah. they miss the boat, or the boat doesn't make it, so then they're stuck there for they're longer than that, yeah, and they just yeah. start losing their minds in this lighthouse, and they can't tell how long they've been there, <laughs> and they're, they start fighting, and, yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah. I love the director. He did this movie. Wouldn't that be horrible, mm-hmm. though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's stories about that. I think it's based on one mm-hmm. where they came back and, like, nobody was there. There was, like, two guys at a lighthouse, and they came back, and they just, like, disappeared. They, like, shit. fell off the fucking cliffs fighting each other or some <laughs> shit, you know? Um, yeah, I've heard some other ones. There's some wild lighthouse stories. You can look it up, you know? Like, there's wild ones. Well, you know, they kill yeah. each other. You know, one of them brings some other guy, and they team up and, like, poison the other dude. There's all kinds of, like, crazy stories. They go crazy. Yeah, just being yeah. on a lighthouse waiting. What you would don't... be the quickest way to lose your mind? Like, where would you, like, if you were stranded somewhere? Because that one would be pretty bizarre being on like a little mini island in a lighthouse right. it would but still it, take me a long time i feel like it would take me if i'm alone at a lighthouse because i'm chilling do i have a book do i have books do i have my I, guitar what yeah. about food yeah. like yeah. What, what's your what's your food situation right i feel like a lighthouse would take me a while yeah. I mean, let's say it's similar to that, where you were at least prepared for a month or two because that's what you you were right. like expecting to be there for a little bit. Right. So you, you were able yeah. to somewhat prepare. Yeah. But then the boat I doesn't go, show I up. I wouldn't go crazy. It would take longer. I wouldn't go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't happen. It would have to be a more hardcore situation than that, even. Well, it's, all right. Yeah. So what about the stories in like he the He probably West? has fantasies about that. <laughs> I know. You probably yeah. <laughs> He's like, gosh, I man, could get be so great? much done <laughs> if I was just alone on a desert island for a while. Yeah, yeah. I think it would take more like seclusion in some concrete cell block. What about like in the old west when they were stuck in like the log cabins and they right. talk about like the wind, winter, like being just the prairie, the wind, the sand yeah. hitting the house all if day long. There was long. nothing to do, and I was like drinking. It was like back then, and I'm like drinking a ton of whiskey. That that, that could put me over the edge, maybe after like. Especially when you that. run out of whiskey and you're like. Right. Then, you're, uh-huh. then you're stuck yeah, there. Yeah, if you're kind of starving too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. If it was like, yeah, and then freezing, you can't get warm. Mm-hmm. You know, that, but see, that that's the thing. Right. The settlers were, you know, I don't know, man. They were some tough people going through that right. shit. But. Yeah. But if you placed, if I placed myself just into that era, you know, as weak yeah. as I am compared to them, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it'd, it'd probably break me. Some shit like that could break me, I bet. Yeah. I heard uh, an interesting thing on uh, some some like, guy that Jordan Peterson had on, and he said that there were dudes locked up in the in seclusion in the, the gulags in Russia, hmm. and some of them said it was the best experience of their life, yeah. and they like were like talking to God and like in this like spiritual state, and they were like, I never would have gotten there without the distractions of everyday life. I've never heard anybody say that. Usually you're like, oh, how horrible it is and stuff. You know, everybody says yeah. seclusion's the worst thing a person could, you know, you could do. Well, they do it they as say that, like right? torture. Yeah. Like yeah. it's worse than torture, they say. Yeah, people just say that. But 
thought that was interesting. I think for mm-hmm. actual torture techniques, that uh, seclusion is yeah. one of the uh, top. Uh-huh. But I think that, man, those are the people who, you know, can find the, you know, yeah. that place within them. I don't know. You also, get to that. I don't think that's hear, set for the average person. Maybe you hear you hear these other stories. I forget where I heard this. Like that someone, you know, they would. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I heard this story. I think it was in a concentration camp, and it was how this guy, like, learned that he was. Someone told him he was. Oh, he had a dream that he was gonna be out on the 29th of February or whatever, and so. Um, he thought he was going to be out and then he wasn't out and, and then how that just like broke him. And then, and then it just went on to tell other stories about how one day someone just stops getting out of bed, you know, they just don't, you know, and they they just give up and there's a point where they like break and they like die soon after that. Right. Right. But when, you know, there's like this break, this literal like breaking point. Where everybody else, you know, I mean, I heard in one, they would like, they would work people in the gulag, even when it was negative 60 below zero. Yeah. They were supposed to not work them if it got colder than that. And they would still work them because then they could get more work and they could say they had done more work or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? And they didn't have shoes. Right. Yeah. Like, and they still aren't getting broken. You know, yeah. they're trying to put wet shoes on, but their their shoes are too. So I heard this one that this guy was trying to put his shoes on. It like it was a guy that was in, and it was like the guy next door. This guy was listening to this dude, and this guy like started crying because he couldn't fit his shoes on his swollen feet. You know, and he knew he was gonna have to walk in the snow all day. And it, you know, and yeah, I don't think I still don't think it broke that guy, but he right. was crying about it. But oh. just like what people like, <laughs> what people endure is just nuts. Yeah, and they don't break. Yeah, you know. So what, I, what's yeah. what is that point then? Yeah, I think more people though break than don't break. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, hmm. I think it's a <laughs> special purpose. Where, where am I at on that? Uh, special I circumstance. Know. I might that, slightly disagree with that. What's most? You know, <laughs> like if we look at all the people in the gulags and concentration camps and shit. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like down deep like people are stronger than we think maybe that would be my maybe that's optimistic or something see i <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i would say you yeah know, i would I, I would agree with that we have the ability within us but here's the thing this is what i believe is that if you don't practice getting it out it's going to be really difficult for you to get that out when you're just in that situation Right. And I think it takes, you know, a special person who can come through in that situation. The way I look at it is like these, some of these things took two years to develop. Sure. And someone's kids get taken by the fucking Brown police or whatever they called that. And then you lose your house and then you're not eating for a while. Mm -hmm. And then you're in a concentration camp and then, I mean, and you get like little minor breaks that whole time. Right. Yeah, I mean, you one night you're fucking, you know, crying yourself to sleep, and then the next day you got to get up and move the bag of salt or fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever, you know. But it builds up over like a long period of time, and and then somehow that's like revealing this deeper part of people mm-hmm. that even the ones that didn't, let's say, practice, like you're saying, right? You know what I mean? But but it would still be better to practice. Well, like, right. I think, I think you, you have choice, a better yeah. chance of getting through something like that if you've had prior struggles if you haven't had prior struggles and then all of a sudden you're thrown into the struggle of your life 
I think your success rate is probably going to be relatively low, you know, in, in that yeah. regard. Um, and yeah, then we're I not just talking, that. you know, about survival. You're talking about, well, mm. what about thriving afterwards? You know, does it right, just because right, you get right, through right. something, did it still break you and destroy you? Mm. And, That's an interesting you know, um, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. and if it did, are you able to recover off of it? You know, mm-hmm. so I think most people aren't. I think. And then when you look at our society right now, mm-hmm. I think we're moving in such an opposite direction of any of those challenges mm-hmm. being provided. Like, I think mm-hmm. the worst thing that it appears to me that's happening in schools is that kids aren't allowed to fail. You know what I'm saying? Failure. Everybody gets a ribbon. Everybody gets. And so you don't even get those little challenges at that age where you could start to potentially yeah. have the success. You can, you can make a lot of like all the safe spaces. Yeah. The, you can't offend these people, you know, and you got to be, you know. I think the, those and are huge you, because we don't yeah. have any other real challenges right now in this country. It's not like, you know, pre-COVID. It's not like anybody's really starving. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. wide swaths of what people. If, you ever thought about like how, like, we got so good at like living as humans that we made it so easy for us that, that it became a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I agree right? with that. I agree <laughs> with that. It's weird that like, we did so well that it was like actually a negative. I think like, it's a negative you know I mean? for most people, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a negative for so like the people whole, that excel out of it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That say, okay, great, this easy living gives me a chance to then focus my efforts in other areas to, mm-hmm. you know, I think those are the outliers. We were talking about this last week. I think the majority of people would do well to follow whatever plan has been kind of arranged for them. I mm-hmm. think they would serve themselves better, at least Americans right now. Um, but those aren't the people that I think are the movers and shakers. I think the movers and shakers are the outliers who are like, yeah, yeah fuck mm-hmm. that. We're going to go mm-hmm. against, you know, mm-hmm. against that grain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are seeing nowadays some strange, like, or, 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 or we're just, I'm just noticing it for the first time in my real life, how coercible people are and how they do all just like lump together in groups and then they just like repeat the lines that everybody says, yeah. you know, nah, 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 you know, uh, yeah. So I've never really seen that. Maybe you see that in high school too, I guess, in a way. How, yeah, in the cliques. You know, because I like, I, for one, I refused to like Nirvana at first. I refused because <laughs> yeah. everybody was into them and I was like, fuck this. I'm not into them. You know, and I, and it was like, and then they like won me over, and then I'm like secretively listening to them. <laughs> but but out in yeah. public, you're like, fuck Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah. They're overrated. <laughs> That's funny. Have you? There's a meme going around where it's um, some dude like getting ready to. There's like this witch or this woman tied to a stake, and they're getting ready to mm. burn her as a mm. witch, mm. and. He's like whispering to her, I agree with you, but he's mm. still burning her, right? right? right, right. Um, because he's got to go with what, right. yeah, with what Even the group speak disagree, is. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's kind of what um, Jesse was saying yesterday. Yeah. That maybe some people in an argument he was having, maybe some people were agreeing with him and not saying anything. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. That's like the biggest, I don't know, to me, the, the biggest form of like country is that because at least <laughs> you know 
at least someone who has their stance, yeah. you know, has their stance, right? right? Whether yeah. there's valid, you know, yeah. reasoning behind it or just so, craziness. Yeah, that's a great word, by the way. Country. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's like, you know, because in that situation, the idea was, this is how I guess I saw it in my mind, that there's like uh, a, a, a woman there that was same like your patriarchy da, da, da. and mm-hmm. then her husband was like not saying anything even though he didn't agree that's, right well he, they were the, he, they were trying to get him right, to shut right, up right, right, right. right that was kind of right but you know i would say the the pro that problem is mm-hmm. like so before that argument I because agree. if you're with somebody you have to talk that shit through and if you like don't if you just don't say anything you know what I mean? Then you guys are like on like way different pages. That's exactly, yeah. exactly it. You know what then I mean? you can't really trust each other, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah. like, oh, you don't even trust me enough to tell me your opinion right. on something. Yeah. Hey, man, that's, I yeah, don't know. You, you got to work that shit out, right? Right. It's like a couple or whatever. Yeah. But that to me, and you know, I could be stereotyping, but I'm going to strongly agree with the statement that I'm about to say. <laughs> that to me epitomizes the liberal, the liberal man right now, yeah. you know, is not speaking up because how, ha- I mean, a lot of this shit that's going on, I mean, legitimately, if you're a fucking man, you got to look at some of this shit and be like, you know what? I need to fucking reach down and grab my sack a little bit. Cause what is happening with like, did you see, that NCAA nomination woman of the year is go- is not going yet, but right. Leah Thomas has been nominated for it. It's like, come on, fucking dudes, speak up. You know that's fucking bullshit, but you're secretly going along with it because of some, you know, fucking thing. I don't know. Everybody's I think, with their own, you know, but it's like... I think that's just... Yeah, Again, yeah. country so, so, 101. Right. But this oh, country. At it. Maybe this is how like some of that communist and Nazi shit happened, right? Because I was thinking exactly about... exactly how it did. I was thinking about like if you're some... All the other swimmers on her team like said stuff, uh, was it like without showing their identity or whatever. Right. Uh, whatever that's Because called. they were afraid that they were going to have... Anonymous. Anonymous, thank you. Yeah, shit. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So, but you're, you're a chick that's just spent seven years swimming every day to get into whatever this race, you know what I mean? And so you're thinking, I got one year left and then I'm done with school, I'm gonna go get a job and have a family. And you're like, I just wanna fucking win this race or do as good as I can. Mm -hmm. And if you say something, you lose that. And it's like, you know, how much do you want, is your purpose in life to say something that no one's gonna give a fuck that they say it either. There's gonna be the one person, no one's, maybe nobody even hears you. Well, see, that's not true. If the whole swim team would have like but you know took saying, a drastic stand, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. then people is, would have heard, but might not have right. worked out for them. But. but maybe this is how the psychology works. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be the the first one or the only one. Well, those are the people who yeah. are, you know, and who are afraid, a, I mean, to, yeah, to do that. Yeah, and then if that's... It's a scary thing. And I, yeah, and I was trying to put myself in the shoes like that. And I, I would be thinking, it's not, this isn't my place. This isn't my purpose in life to like yeah. try to make a stand on something I don't even know anything about, really. I just, you know... Well, if I, you were swimming, then you, right, but, then you but would, they're not, especially... They're not thinking about gender and shit. They're just swimming. But and that's they, what the whole purpose yeah. of school right now is, is for them... They're pumping it into their heads. And so if it's being pumped into their heads, then they've got to look at it and say, okay, well, I need to take a stand on this because they're telling me X and here's Y 
right here and they're two fucking totally different things. It's like, how could you be told to one in school that, you know, women are held down by men to some degree, they don't get paid equally, they don't get whatever, and then be told on the same token that you got to accept this man who's going to kick your fucking ass as a woman and you still got to have women's empowerment, but then it's still a man is fucking controlling it. If you're not going to take a stand on important issues like that, in my opinion, you're not going to take a stand on much. And that's where it goes back to, well, if you don't condition yourself to uncomfortable situations, then when the real uncomfortable situation occurs, you very likely aren't going to rise to the occasion. It doesn't mean that some people won't. But if you take, you know, just to argue this point, like trying to see maybe what the difference is, what would it take? I think it would take a pretty extraordinary person to make a stand Mm -hmm. is maybe the point, like you're saying, the outlier type. But it takes a pretty extraordinary woman to be... An NCAA, you know, like through adversity, right? You know what I mean. So they are, like you're saying, training themselves, but they still don't speak up, right? You know what I mean. You also have this whole culture of people telling them not to, like they were correct explicitly telling them not to, right? And then if, like, if you're saying, if you're in college and everybody, sometimes I think about like some of the kids that I know in high school and stuff, and what they think about the world and the gender stuff and everything like how could they if the whole world is saying something like why would you question it you shouldn't probably question things well that's 15 16 yeah i mean well that's what i'm saying that's what they're trying to condition is people not to question i did too but i did too but i do regret that but it's like I, I, I did too. But you should be able, you would think, to trust your teachers. And but your then you're being told what to learn versus how to learn. And that becomes, yeah. again, I think it's way more efficient. If you're the fucking string puller, it's way more efficient if people are told what to learn, right? Mm-hmm. It's way more efficient. They're going to probably be better off. The reality of it is most people probably would have been better off just following everything that the government said on COVID, right? Um, less stress, less... Just, you know, well, no, I don't think it would have been less stress. I think it would have been... Like there's a cost associated with the safety, right. but it makes sure, the machine kind of run the way they run yeah. it. I don't want to be part of that group, though, and I want to be attached to the people who don't want to be part of that group and say, yeah, fuck, let those people be lead and most people do because most people won't even fucking drive in a unair conditioned vehicle you you know what i'm saying i mean if you got to go back old school and roll down the windows it's like what the fuck it's an old school thing yeah everybody has the windows up nowadays that's that's keep mine down that's so true. So, yeah. you know, there's... I'm, I'm finding myself, like, I was the guy that questioned everything when I was young. Me too. And then now I got old enough where I realized, whoa, there may be, like, looking at the past, thinking there there's a lot of ways in which that's actually, like, a negative thing to do as a young person if society is in a functional, healthy state. Um, and then now I'm finding myself where it's so upside down that again it probably is good to question things cuz the whole the whole structure of the thing is in a healthy state so it needs to be questioned or whatever But if you, know you don't yeah but if you don't start out questioning mm-hmm. then again it's like anything else you don't get good at questioning mm-hmm. and so there's a there's an important part of seeing a rebellious kid in class and nurturing that 
but still right. having them be enough part of the society. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, I don't want to have uh, kids just being unruly to be unruly. You, you know what I'm saying? But when you see that person who's that outlier, I think it's a you you push them or those people or that group. And I've even let groups form into one another. I mean, I'm a big believer in a lot of people are against tribalism. I'm a huge believer in tribalism. The the thing that I think makes you happiest as a person is being around people that you like to be around because then you can do the shit that you like to do. That doesn't mean that you got to be at odds against anybody else. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like you could have your own tribe and I have my own tribe and we could get along and you know interact and do those kinds of things, but they're still at the end of the day that's your tribe this is my tribe mm-hmm. and you can't have about, too big of a tribe because what, then you can't trust mm-hmm. you know it's just the way it is well, what about um like nowadays when we say tribe in the way that you're saying mm-hmm. it, it's like chosen mm-hmm. so i hang out with musicians and artists and stuff because they think like me and we even you know i've even thought sometimes there's like some guy that's so like me somewhere online that it's insane he has a braid he fucking paints you're you're a doppelganger i mean like we all have that now you know what i mean there's someone so similar to you you might even like know people that just you know but in the past maybe again to just because this is where my mind's been lately just thinking about juxtaposing the now to the past you would be in a community with everybody you don't get along with you know, or you don't think the same. And that would be like a part of it, of, of you could say a traditional community was, uh, you, would, you would have some people that you would have that similar. like. But uh, you would have a bonding experience, whether you were a nomadic tribe yeah. and, you know, right. you're moving as a unit like that. Even right. if you had disagreement, there would still be a, a real similar purpose. Yes. And, and there'd be same a lot thing. of binding aspects right. to the culture. Right. right. So, yeah. Any type of group like that is mm-hmm. going to have at least, you know, that, you know, like a religious group, like an Amish community or something. Right. Well, I think the religion does the binding, mm-hmm. you know, the, the rituals do the binding, the dinners and the ceremonies or the holidays that does the binding. Like you're saying, the goals haven't overcome shit. Maybe there's like a famine or a war or a, that binds everybody. Um, and that that was like more of the traditional community. But nowadays... If, if a lot of communities are chosen by the ego, sure, by reason, and so it's some other type of like bubbling, you know, how, oh, the liberals only list the liberal conservatives, conservative, you know, the bubbling thing. Yeah. It's, it's even to the extent that we surround ourselves with people that look like us, and there's some ego, uh, it's an ego process. It's mm-hmm. driven through the lens of like, what you like and dislike whims and ego stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm seeing that there's something a little off about that maybe Mm -hmm. you know what i mean well well, i think it's got to just fit in and interact where you at well well i think i might disagree on the way you use the word ego because i I feel like you always give it a negative connotation right i I do and i I don't think it's all negative i i think the ego is the only reason we're to the point where we are as humans of surviving as long as we have without it you've got no real reason to keep going every day i I mean strongly yeah the egos (laughs) egos everything that makes us human it's the thing that that makes us do the things that we do it's also one of the most limited as it's by definition almost the most limited thing 
because it's so particular to us. You know what I mean? It's like it's like the most, um, you know. It's and I don't know. Maybe we're gonna have a hard time with words because do we mean ego? Do we mean personality? Do we mean soul? You know what I mean? What I mean in this context of how we're choosing things based on uh, what I'm saying, maybe I could use the word like um, narcissistic instead of ego. Just like, you know what I mean? Like just to get us out of the word game or whatever. It's like the part of us that's, um, um, it's, it's a tiny part of us. If You know how like in like, you know, Zen Buddhism, it's like, or, or even, you know, what even Freud said that, right? Like that the conscious mind is like the, iceberg and that the rest is like down here you know and i mean the ego's up here and it's saying a last thing and it's saying the world should be this way and it has all the shoulds and stuff and it's it's you could say even like that left the right hand left brain kind of stuff mathematics reason and it, it thinks it knows all this stuff but a lot of times what it's doing is just trying to like feed its own pleasure and its own likes and dislikes go <laughs> yeah, I'll go with this. I think it's our way of organizing the world because we need some sort of a construct to exist within. Otherwise, everything's just chaos and we just lose our fucking minds every day. So the egos or whatever it is that you're referring to right now is mm-hmm. just this thing that we have to have boxes to fit things into so we can better understand the world, especially in a time like today where we have so much... Uh, what what's the word stimulation coming in at all angles it's it can be overwhelming for a lot of people so it is i think that's part of our evolution is finding ways to categorize everything that's incoming on a daily basis the thing i think that i i initially got stuck on was because you said we surround ourselves with people that look like us and i don't know if that's a narcissistic thing so much as, as it is a a also an av- evolutionary aspect where you know when we were in our tribes of whatever 150 yeah. people those people are gonna have similar qualities and look yeah. somewhat alike it's, you like know? people that vibrate the same yeah hang around with each other what i would say oh, go on i don't want to i was just you. thinking i think that that's that's all that that really is is we we just have this longing in our dna for like creating like, like a tribe, tribe. Yeah, yeah. yeah like attracts like so I, I hear two things in what you said one you're talking about reason and maybe intellect and like the ability so you said even like categorize that part of the mind that makes things reasonable the scientific empirical part the hmm. we got to figure things out and like, i don't know if it's always scientific and empirical i think because okay. i think everybody sees the world so differently that for some people it might just be shit's just getting thrown up on the wall, you know what I mean? Mm, okay. Whereas you or I are going to be more meticulous in the way that we're categorizing mm. things. And but what, you're, what I'm hearing is that you, you're saying that the, the part of the mind that does that stuff is good when we need it nowadays, especially. I think it, I don't know if giving it a connotation of good or bad is even necessary. I think it's just a part that exists that mm, this so is just something thing. that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And I would agree with that. I do think it's a natural thing. If we're just talking about this part, the reason, yeah. intellect part, um, I do think it's absolutely natural, and we do need it today, like you said. But what? But I'm don't you think is, it's being? It's like purposely trying to be removed. I well, feel that's that also. I believe that's also happening. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I do believe that's true. But as far as like, well, the thing I'm trying to point at is that we are limited, 
And by being such limited, tiny things, besides maybe our larger aspect, our cosmic soul aspect, or whatever you want to say, the, the tip of the iceberg, our ego, right, our mask, our persona, our, and then, and then the way we think through that process or whatever. I had to kick it down a notch here to strongly disagree. That's cool. So, <laughs> you don't even know, I haven't finished since. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is the, the part of us that often does the thinking, let's say, does the, the, uh, the, the like word logic stuff, you know, I see the world, therefore this, you know, um, what do they call that propositional logic aspect is a really limited thing compared to the whole of the universe. So a lot of things get past us. So that part of our brain will say, why do they have to be men and women? That part of our brain will say, why marriage? Why tradition at all? That part of a brain will say, why God? Why this? Why that? And it'll, and it'll think it's right. You know what I mean? Yet it's so limited that it can't know the myriad of ways, the things that are invisible to it because of its limitedness. You know, like it's the most of the universe. What do you mean by limited? Like your limited IQ, your limited sight, your limited uh, being in time. You don't know what happened in the future. You don't know what happened in the past. You know what I mean? You're limited in space. You don't know what's happening in France or on Mars <laughs> or in another dimension. We're fucking limited as fuck. And that's well, what I mean by well, the we ego kinda... is this like tiny little point. You know what I mean? And but then... that thought wouldn't even exist pre-internet. No, it's not Cause, true. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't have this overwhelming awareness of the existence of the whole globe the way that we do today. No, no, no. If you look at old philosophy, this kind of idea is all over that shit. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe you wouldn't phrase it as globe, but you'd phrase it as heaven, hell, purgatory. The you know, there's a space that existed in their minds, but it wasn't like a globe and a Mars and stuff. There was like spheres of heavens and you know all that kind of shit. But doesn't that alone right there prove that there's like that those elements can be flexible because they were. They were having some pretty expansive thoughts. Too, I would say that the, we're ideas. connected to the iceberg. Like you could get somehow connected mm -hmm. to some like unified vision of like the universe or whatever. But most of the time we're in this little tiny thing, you know, behind the eyes fucking trying to figure shit out. And we're most likely wrong about most things. You know what I mean? And that's what I mean. And, and we should still use our reason and develop our intellect and use, and that's even maybe one of the highest aspects of ourselves is our intelligence and our intellect. But I'm just saying when we go around like choosing our friends, which is a natural thing and we just vibe with who we vibe with, we're going to miss some larger logic that would happen through time, through like generations. Like there's knowledge that comes through generations that is so beyond our little intellect that we can't understand it. You know, that, that's kind of what I'm pointing at. And this would be one other example. Well, well that's, I think that's pick. the whole process, right? Mm -hmm. And I think people that you hang out with, people that you gather around you change as you change. But this is what I think. First, with um, ego. I think, for me, ego just means self, right? Um, and that could be egoless, selfless. That could be selfish, right? Um you know, so I think it's putting yourself into it. The limits, this is what I see where I think there's a difference of opinion 
And that's that first, I believe, before we can even have this conversation, you've got to, as the, the individual, maximize your individual self, right? And so as I maximize my individual self and you maximize your individual self, now collectively we gain more power and more knowledge and we take that further. Now, maybe that doesn't exist in our lifetime where we see it go many steps up, but that propels it forward in the more of a collective that you have that focuses on the self, the ego, right, and builds the ego, builds the self, then the, the more like we break away those limitations because we're connecting then with other people of that caliber, of, the, of that thought process, of that approach. And so then I think you break down the limits and you, you put the ego in a positive manner in which developing the self. Sometimes it's going to be being selfish. You have to be selfish. If you want to get good at jujitsu, you got to be selfish. It's got to be, honey, I'm training tonight. I got a goal. There's something I'm trying to get. And it might be completely for something selfless down the road. And so one doesn't necessarily have a greater value than the other. It's how we can utilize those things in our life. And we'll you know, I think what happens with a lot of people is that they don't put enough vested time in thinking about something, right? Because thinking is the most, you know, taxing thing to, to critically think about doing something and how you're going to do it and how you're going to approach it. And when we do those things individually, I believe it starts to help us get to that place where we could start to maximize ourselves. I don't believe that you know, a lot of people will make it to that point because you got to think about what you're going to maximize. You know, I believe there's four parts to to yourself. There's the physical, right? So in, in that physical, we're talking, you know, getting my body to that completely physical, you know, point. There's the mental, you know, so you're talking mental strength. You're talking um, that you know, uh, just ability to solve problems and persevere and, you know, all the things we consider with that. There's the spiritual, right? And the spiritual then takes you to that next, you know, level that we can't really describe. You can, you can pretty much tangibly get mentally strong, physically strong, those types of things. But then when you get that spiritually strong, it's like, ooh, it gets a little bit more, you know, into that world of not being able to grasp, so to speak, right? And then I believe there's collective after that, where somehow, some way, there's a collective connection of energy. So those are my kind of four places of, of being. And I think that people try to bypass the first two and get to those next ones. And I think that that, like then kind of stalls us and puts a negative side to, you know, like what we we're saying with ego, where then ego gets perceived negatively because you're you're missing the process of that hard struggle. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, yeah. But I still think 
you know, when you apply that stuff to choosing like who you hang out with and mm-hmm. stuff, like the, the the other side of it, maybe I could take it to is like group think ideas, yep. right? So if you have like a group together, there absolutely is collective intelligence. Absolutely. Sure. Right. 100%. And you can have a better group or a worse group, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, I was listening to Danaher talk about how they were like doing the back uh, attacks and how they just like methodically figured out how to do the get the hand to go under the foot like first you watch bj penn do the trap the foot thing mm-hmm. from the back and then they figured out oh it has to be grips to, to get the foot and you know and just how you know what i mean so the better the people the better that collective intelligence right so i absolutely believe that stuff and then but, but then, i don't think you choose them necessarily i think it mm-hmm. They, that you gravitate towards. I think like yeah. does attract like. I'm saying that that's a choice mm-hmm. as well. That, or I'm saying that that's like guided by individual interests. How about yeah. that? You know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think, I'm just trying to argue these points because I'm trying to think through these ideas. Because yeah. like, I'm absolutely this type that you're saying. And I've done that absolutely, <laughs> like in everything in my yeah. life. But I'm just trying to think of the, you know, I'm just trying to think through this stuff. The other side would say, like for me in my life, what I did was because I like, oh, I cut everything else out. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the problem is that I went, I only hang out with artists and musicians and stuff. You know what I mean? And I like, for one, I didn't even value family as much as I would have been good for me. And, you know, and in all the other ways where I would have been around those other people that would have helped me fill some gaps, which mm-hmm. I like, if you have fears, about stuff you're gonna like not hang out with that person that might make you confront your fear that individual unless you're you know evolved enough to see that stuff and to know you need things that you don't want or you think you don't want Mm -hmm. so that's what i mean with the ego that that's something an ego would do or a self or i don't know what word we want to use it would say things like unconsciously it's going to make you not do certain things because of a fear you have or of some like some unhealthy aspect of you. Maybe we're even saying that there's different parts of our mind. We don't even want to call it ego and stuff. Maybe you could even say like those parts that say, oh, you should, uh, like a smoker, you know, they're like, oh, you should, you know, oh, just two cigarettes, you know what I mean? Uh, You know what I mean? We have all those aspects so far down in our consciousness that we're always like making decisions with those things. But but don't you think though, like one becomes more ego-less than ego? Because this is what I would think. When somebody is doing something, so let's say it's um, asking a girl out, right? Yeah. And so the one person who is all confident or whatever goes and asks the girl out. And he, you know, doesn't necessarily care what other people think. He's not really caring about the collective. The person who's too shy to ask the girl out is typically doing it because he cares more about the collective of what other people are going to think about him. And so to me, that's being egoless, you know, doesn't have enough ego in him to pursue what needs to be done. I don't necessarily think it's trying to preserve your ego. I think it's because you just don't have enough of it. Right. And so, um, you know, you can obviously have way too much, but you got to govern those things. You got to be able to, you know, I think you would want to have way more of an ego. And this is what I think about um, toxic masculinity. I think I would rather see way more toxic masculinity and then teach people how to put a lid on it than 
not have enough toxic masculinity or enough ego and try to figure out how we can jumpstart this machine and see if we can get a little bit of, you know. Those seem like two different things. Yeah. You think? Masculinity and ego. Yeah. You know. I mean, but we're, but we're in, that, in that context, mm-hmm. I think ego can be not masculine. It could be strictly I'm going to make a bunch of money, right? So I'm going to do X. You could have an ego for the way you dress and present yourself. You know, those are all mm-hmm. levels of an mm-hmm. ego. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be mm-hmm. towards one thing. I think it mm-hmm. accommodates those things that might be of a, an interest or a pursuit that you would have. And I think a lack of ego prevents you from doing those things. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean... That's kind of how I'm seeing, at least, it going. Yeah, I think there's a few ways in my own life I've seen how I didn't have enough ego for things. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've learned that lesson, like, the hard way or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, not, you know what I mean? By, like, you know, I guess you could see how my, my personality type probably does that a lot because I'm always, like, so private and stuff. I'm, like, staying out of things all the time. I'm not, like, inserting myself into right. situations. And Can't even like that. admit that that's a good painting. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways. I had one guy tell me, like, this astrologer I saw once, and he told me that I didn't have enough ego. He said that. That was the first time I'd ever heard that. I was like, oh, wow, what an interesting concept. I was in my early 20s. Right. And uh, he said I should even do things like label my food in the fridge. And I was like, huh, what an interesting, like, specific example. And he was like, well, and he did told he say me, why? Yeah, he told me as much as I can, I should say that's mine. Okay. Uh, you know, right? So just labeling it with your name. Not right. Like, this and, is rice or this right. is. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, no, That's what I was yeah. saying. I was thinking, yeah. like, yeah. I'll, I'll you know, so. July 18th, <laughs> yeah. rice. So yeah. you're like, yeah, okay, it's five no, days old, I'm not going to eat it. Yeah, with my name. Yeah, right. And that I should say that things are mine in the house. Right. You know? Um, Start pissing on every corner of your lawn. <laughs> wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's great. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Because I, what I do is like I avoid. Yeah, I you know I don't want like the conflict of it. I I will go without, to just not, you know, cause a fucking issue. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll take. I think in Why? the past I took that road a lot more, because I thought it was easier maybe. You know, because I don't like conflicts because I don't like conflicts so much. I would absolutely avoid it. I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think nowadays I learned what happens is I had a roommate and some of that stuff can build and then you have resentment and then it's a problem. Right. You know what I mean? So that that's when I noticed, okay, like you can't just, you know, not say anything. Right. That's not the right approach. I think you just don't like different kinds of conflict. But, Mm -hmm. you know... Again, I think that when you when you start to get into jujitsu, you start to get into kickboxing, sparring, and things like that. That that's what shows if somebody likes conflict or doesn't like conflict. So? Yeah, and I think sometimes that I think a lot of times is that we use conflict almost like a bad word. You know, so it's like oh, I want to avoid conflict. Um, and yeah. but you do like arguing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And yeah, yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, that's you a do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll you even, do like. I, I devil's advocate like yeah. crazy. And you that do is like. <laughs> when we're fucking training, uh-huh. you're trying to choke me. You know, yeah, it's yeah, right. it's conflict. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that. I guess a certain kind of conflict. Yeah, a certain kind, or well, maybe. Do we with all the, have the that? People. Don't we all have like a specific kind of conflict? We don't, or would you say you don't? 
I mean, I like a lot of different conflict. Um, I like conflict. I what I've come to see. I, I'm kind of coming into this from the other direction because we were talking to, you know, one of the guys here, and he was saying that he would wear a mask just so he wouldn't make people feel bad. And I don't give a fuck about that, you know, because it's a lie. It's like we got to decide what's making someone feel bad, the initial or the long-term, you know, lie, tell you something that's not true. So, you know, so you're saying I, so, that you would create conflict by like wearing the yeah, mask? Like by not wearing by not wearing yeah. you would, that would be some conflict. Yeah, and and but it really isn't though either, right? Well it like what I'm what I'm in my mind sometimes you fantasize and no one said shit to me. Right, that's what I was gonna know? say, like it doesn't but, really cause anything. But yeah. you know, you do kind of you, you kinda say, Well gosh, up. man. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna Well fucking, I don't know, like when I worked at at the cafe, mm-hmm. we had to tell people to wear a mask. Oh, that would be that would be the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't even know. Yeah. Like I, at that show at Mo's the other day, I went in there and my ID was expired. I didn't know. And the guy looks at it and he and he like grabs my hand and puts a fucking X on my. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, drawing on me? You know, like telling me I can't drink or whatever. I'm fucking 42. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you know? your ID's expired. And then, and then whatever the manager, I didn't know he was the manager, but some bartender there, like. Uh, a couple minutes later, it was like, "Yo, I'll give you a drink, man. You're obviously over 21 or whatever." Yeah. But like, I couldn't do that guy. You know what I mean? That would be so fucking hard for me to like. Oh, that's the job. You know, you got to tell people to you know put their mask up or whatever. Or like, oh, yeah. sorry, man. Like some fifty. Like one time, I, I played a show, uh, and my dad at the time he was probably seventy. And he forgot his ID, and they wouldn't let him in. <laughs> Shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. No, but I've worked at some events where they tell security not to. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. But it's I would just, hate that to have to do that. they don't want to lose, you right. know. Yeah. Right. Whatever. But anyway, like, yeah, so you were saying it more, like, about the conflict, like, you would, uh, I, you'd be... You'd, I'm, I'm open to it. I, I mean... Uh, Especially about, like, if, emotional conflict. Do you like that? You know, you know like, emotional conflict, yeah. I mean, I think that... Um, Do you like it? Yeah, I think you, I think <laughs> you got to get in touch with all of those feelings in your body. You know, I know it sounds fucking gay, like getting in touch with your feelings, right? But when you experience them, you don't have to wear them on your fucking sleeve. Well, you know what, what I'm saying? What's the timestamp on that? <laughs> Is that one seventeen? Make a clip. <laughs> There's a podcast. One of the, let's say, like Dr. Drew. Well, sometimes like they'll record him, and then they have like a soundboard where they play him back to himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a that. great idea. We should, like, get clips of ourselves and, like, do you have equipment? Do you guys have equipment for that? <laughs> Mm, no, I did, but I don't anymore. But yeah, so you would you would still think that's good? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I mean, right. I think what people do is they let shit build up. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I think they let shit build up. And when you let shit build up, and I'm not saying that I'm like, that I haven't done this or, you know, whatever. I'm always trying to work on those types of things and be conscious of them. But yeah, then you just can't handle it. It's too big. It's too much. And then there's a trend right now of wearing a lot of that bullshit on your sleeve, you know. And I think again, mm-hmm. that's what liberals so how, do. How about this? What's, what's the difference? What happened to like what? What state are we in? It used to be that politics was like 
and religion, you don't talk about that at a dinner party. Yeah, see, I always thought that was lame too. It's like, so, why? Yeah, yeah, why can't uh, we talk about well, it? I used to thought that, think that too, yeah. you know, because I like to talk about shit. Right. But now I and the you conflict. Just like to stir the pot. <laughs> but you like conflict. Most people do. They just don't want to admit it. Uh, Who goes to a hockey game and is like disappointed when they fight? You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, uh, that's a good it's point. like the same we thing. We all like a fight, fight, fight. Yeah, everybody yeah. wants to see it. Everybody wants to see it. Fights happening on the street. Are you not gonna stop and watch? Right. But I don't want to get in a fight on the street. Well, you know what I mean? Right. That would be the but, difference. Like, I don't want to be the guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Still um, fun to watch the conflict. Yes. Yes, I absolutely agree. So maybe it's certain kinds of conflict. It's like I can think of a couple situations recently. I mean, definitely ones with my girlfriend. There's tons of those I don't like, you know. But maybe they are good in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I could see that. But there's been a couple where it's like, oh, we're at a dinner or whatever, and topics come up. And I say what I actually think, and then afterwards I'm like, I should just not say anything. Or, or I'm thinking maybe I should somewhat take this no politics, no religion thing on, you know, sometimes, and just be like, you know, just let it go. Someone says something, eh, just let it go. You know what I mean? Because I'm not sure. That's what I can't tell. Does it do any good? Sometimes I'm like, man, that was like maybe too much. Like one was recently like a family member and their new relationship. And I argued with the new relationship. And I'm like, oh, maybe like I should like, you know what I mean? Let them get a little inside the club first. Right. <laughs> be a little nicer or whatever. But do you want you know? that person in your club? I mean. Well, it's not my choice. So that's another one of those situations where like family things are like, you don't get to choose those. And maybe that's good to have like some, you got to like come into contact. That's what I was saying with the, the uh, who we hang out with, with some diversity of opinion. Right. And that's the problem with groupthink. It's like, here, here's the issue. It's like, if I, you know, they did some studies and it was like, if I forget what it is, twenty percent of the people in a group disagree, um, that can be really good because then if if only one percent disagrees, it turns into yes men, right? And then everybody's just like nobody says anything, but if there's just enough, enough people will say things to keep everything balanced. But then if there's too much that disagree, the group splits, right? So there's like some amount of diversity of opinion that like we need. But there can also be too much, something like that. Yeah, I would you know? agree with And that. if you always like choose who's in your group, then maybe you wouldn't, you know, like that's maybe somewhat what I was saying. But again, I think you, you start to see the divisions if you're not going to be, you know, like a yes man. You, you know what I'm saying? Again, the proverbial sheep. If you're not going to be that, then your groups will go through some level of changes, right? Because the like attracts like rule is going to show through. So if you're seeking something a little bit different or a little bit better or um, something that's more in line with your thought process, as you start to gravitate away from one, you'll be finding people that are doing that same type of thing Mm -hmm. coming together, right? Mm -hmm. And then you might move together as a group, Mm -hmm. but you definitely got to have the diversity. You got to have the differences of opinions, but it's kind of like the yin yang symbol it's like you got the majority of one color but then you've got diversity right. that's mixed in with it mm-hmm. to keep it balanced right because that's right. what keeps exactly. it questioning right. and you right. know challenging and not reaching some tipping point where it's just like all right. one way then it goes extreme right right mm-hmm. yeah but i think honestly i think it's more of the outliers that will do that than the group you know and that's especially true right now where you're seeing like zero tolerance for any kind of, you know, mm, like mm. 
choice. You know, listen to what Jesse was saying the other day, yeah. right, about his experience. Right. And see, this is something that I think, you know, I think he'll have to reckon. So if he's listening to this, if he ever listens to this, <laughs> hopefully it'll make sense. But ultimately, if that's the way that his group is and what he's trying to accomplish for himself, those two things cannot go together. You can't have intolerance like that and it being one way and the goals that he needs to overcome. Those things won't ride together. They absolutely won't. And so he's going to have to be way more of an individual, way more of stepping out of that mainstream go with things because the majority of people have the problem that he's got. And if he's going with the majority rule think, he won't ever separate and get away from that problem. It's just a fact. And so I think you do or you can choose your group. But the more that you go back into the self, the ego side of it, the more that you're going to see that that's not necessarily how it's done, that it's more of a coming together than a forced or imposed choice. If, at least in our world right now, where we can have those different types of choices. I mean, if you're in a nomadic tribe, well, you probably don't have the dreams of becoming, you know, like a Western doctor in most cases. I'm sure there's an outlier, you know, here and there, but you know, the mainstream is going to have survival and, you know, whether it's goat herding or whether it's doing things like that. So you're going to be into a little bit more of a forced collective. I think that that's the beauty though of this country is that we get the choice. And I was talking about this with another guy earlier today and think about where we're at in Colorado. Like we pretty much have the best of the best in the world because Colorado is one of the top states in the country, you know, economically, it's pretty strong compared to what's going on around the country. Our environment is great. You know, you only have like a few super hot months and a few super cold months. The, you know, getting out, the activities, all of that kind of stuff. You know, housing sucks as far as price goes. But, you know, we're one of the healthiest states. And then you've got the diversity of you know, um, conservatives here as well as liberals. So we're really in this really like legit spot to have choice. And then I think that you'll find those groups when you've got that kind of choice gravitate towards one another. And then again, I think that that's where you see a lot of growth um, in that group collective because they gravitated towards one another versus where more like you know directed towards one another mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my opinion so I just have a question <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question <laughs> kind of bringing it back just a hair um, do you guys think that wearing everything on your sleeve negatively impacts self preservation yes 100% percent Wearing everything on your so like your emotions and stuff. What's everything on your sleeve? Well, because like, I was think? tying into what, what he was saying yeah. earlier. You know, why do we have to wear everything on our sleeve? So like, yeah. make a statement about every right. Is that what you mean? Well, or yeah, you could have that where you're offended by everything, or you right. got to interject mm-hmm. yourself into everything. Um, you know, emotions. You know, I was more on, along the lines of you know 
being so emotional about things topic wise, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah, just so does that have a negative impact on self preservation? I think on so. I think that's one of the biggest wearing things. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm trying to see what that means to me, like. Because I don't wear a damn thing on my sleeve. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it means yeah, you, nothing. You might be too far. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> I don't let anybody know what I'm thinking. I'm going to get you a patch. <laughs> a blank. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, how does that tie in with ego? Because then, like, wouldn't ego also guide you to wear everything on your sleeve? I don't think so. No? I think it would allow you to keep more of that stuff internal, at least the way that I'm seeing it. And then I think that when you wear shit on your sleeve, it's a lot of times to interact or to have other people, you know, you know, again, because if somebody's so emotional that they, you know, wear that on their sleeve, so to speak, that's so every other fucking Tom, Dick and Harry can see it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's like a, Virtue yeah, I was gonna say yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I think the more ego you have, the more you, and you know, hold ego that shit in. The in. But I think, way than I well, I think it goes too far, though. I think you bottle that shit up, and it never gets out. You're gonna explode one day. It's just gonna fucking rupture. Right. You know. So again, I think you've got to be able to control the flow of that coming into you and the flow of that going out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's absolutely important to have well, some level of both. I think that part will also help with the collective aspect of maximizing yourself, right? Yeah, Being for sure. Being able to go or like control or manage your ego. Well, right, because then that means you're practicing on some level of self-improvement because, right, to, to be able to control that, you got to practice it somewhere, somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's through music or whether that's through jujitsu or whether that's through, you know, painting, whatever it is, you've got to learn how to, you know, harness whatever abilities that, you know, you're you're developing within yourself. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's absolutely this is a random question, but is the ego necessary to access flow state? Oh, that's interesting. I think so. Because I would think it, it needs to be fairly present. Mm-hmm. I think you got to go through ego. it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think you got to have enough ego to say I can get there in yeah. the first place. That, right? also, that's exactly what I mean uh, right there. Is the ego's got to tell you that you can uh-huh. before you can even. You could also say. I mean, we're gonna have. You know, depends on what we mean by that word. Because you could also say that on what ego or yeah, on, on ego. Because um, flow states a state in which you're you're. Not really like self-conscious. So I, when I think about ego, I always think about, I think it was either Ram Dass or maybe, it could have even been like Timothy Leary or, or one of those dudes that were talking about the the layerings of our, mm. of like the way the mind is layered. And right. you've got like the reptilian brain and the, yeah. you know, the, you get like the, the self. And then you've like got the, the ego, which yeah, is yeah. A, like an extension of the self. Kind of like okay. Eric was saying, where he, mm. that's how you think about the word. Like, I, I kind of also think of it in that same context, but it's also this thing that's a little bit higher than the self because it's this thing that's trying to preserve self. So it's, like, got to be slightly detached, but it's also in tune with the self. And I think about any of those times that I've been in a state of flow, 
and I do feel like at some point I was able to become aware of it while I was in it, you know, like I could acknowledge like, oh, things are working right now. Like everything's just flowing and I don't even have to really think about what I'm doing. It's just I'm here. And it was always... It, it, I, I, you don't I, think that's an ego-less state? No, I think I don't think it would have existed if I didn't believe that I could accomplish the task that I was but doing. I'm saying that ego, like I'm thinking about the kitchen specifically, where I've got that, like a hundred tickets coming okay. out. And yeah, yeah, got, no, that's, that's, that's it cool feels example, like an impossible yeah, yeah. task at the time, right, you know? right. and then some switch goes on. But then you're saying that ego is the belief that you were able to do it. Yeah, you know I mean. So you think ego is that part of you that like, yeah, that drives you to, to actually take on the challenge, right? Mm. Because you could fail, you know, if you couldn't fail, then you necessarily so wouldn't confidence like a part of ego. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think that would be a, a huge component. Just like someone can be overly confident. They yeah. could have too much yeah. ego, right? right? And it just, mm-hmm. you know, destroys what they're yeah, trying to do. Yeah, I noticed that a few times. I had the thought with McGregor, Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. that he was like some weird ego magician. Like, he could like... And, and then he would make magic out of it. Like, mm-hmm. he would, you know, punch a dude out in one shot or whatever. Like, that era. Aldo. Yeah, Aldo, yeah. that era. When, and all this, you know, all the hype he was doing beforehand yeah. and shit. Aldo was... Some special though, because he right. said he was going to do that. He said, "I'm going to catch him." Right, right, right. So one I had punch, the, put his right. legs out. I, I had the thought at the time that confidence, uh, the way he used it, was like some shamanic, like state where he could like make things happen that he wanted. Because I think happen. he used it as a tool right. instead of again wearing right. it on his sleeve. Like yeah. I think you know, it's kind of like Chael Sonnen, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was a character. Yeah. that yeah, 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 you yeah. know uh-huh. he developed i think it's you know you got colby covington's got the same type of thing right. you know um and that's interesting because that makes it like you know the idea of persona being the mask mm-hmm. that people put on and that yeah. ego really meaning that like if you could also design your mask like a, the michael jordan who's like i'm not gonna let myself think these thoughts i'm gonna be this and mm-hmm. and they decide what to, i think michael jordan be. became the mask that might be true. I, I heard that documentary about him. It's interesting how what, yeah. what an asshole he was, yeah, and, yeah. you know how mean he was to his players. I don't think he. Were. I think it was like like the That's movie possible. The Mask, where the mask like literally took him over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Just, and that probably happened in comedy too with the fucking million dollar yacht and but, shit. Like, but that's. that's you know. I think that's what needs to happen though to be at that level. I don't think if Jordan was. Right the you know and you can't say anybody's done it better or at least than jordan no, so like no. that's a bad thing like maybe you could say he's sacrificed a part of himself yeah. to like attain that right you i think say so that but you maybe you like nobody's done that so what he did worked or whatever right yeah yeah and i have a hard time with with that one with uh the specific like we call this like a spell or something the spell of confidence sometimes that one's mm-hmm. hard for me that's that's one that I I'll think that I'm lying. You know what I mean? Like if I'm in a situation <laughs> where I'm like, you know, can I do this? You know what I mean? And I'm like, I can fucking do it. And then I'm like, but the honest truth is, and then I'll look at all my faults and I'll be like, yeah. you know what I mean? And then I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you I'm can't like, do it, you pussy. Uh, it's more I can't do it because I'll see the facts. Yeah. You know, the facts of the matter are, you know, it's that right brain stuff, you know, and I like break apart the situation. It's almost like you need to turn that part off and then just like believe. You know, and not look at all the... It's like they, I don't know if know. it goes off. It's like you're setting it on autopilot almost. Mm-hmm. It's like that, that program's still running because you mm-hmm. need it to you like do, do the it. task. Right, right, right. But 
this part, the like mm. the creativity, mm. like allows you to start dancing with mm. whatever's going on yeah. over here, and it does yeah. feel like a dance when you're in flow state. That's the way I think. About absolutely, it, think everything's a, just yeah, like, like a surfboard. That moving. was the Ram Dass yeah. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Good. Yeah. Do you think you get there um, more by that, like uh, Conor McGregor persona? You know what I'm saying? Do you think you get to flow state well, that's what connection I'm saying, it's like a more with mm. the heavy ego? Because when you think about a lot of um, people, a lot of things that are done successfully, there's this guy, I saw this uh, documentary, um, I think it's called The Riverman, and it was this guy, Scott something, but he was like one of the first like really fucking technical extreme kayakers. And so they're running all of these like crazy runs, first descents on some. Um, and he went all over and, the world too, right? Yeah, and, and so his his thing was to do the, I think, three rivers that come out of, uh, you know, um, Nepal. Okay. And then they go to three different continents. So, mm. you know, big ass, idea, crazy yeah. rivers. But anyway... He's this real hard ass. So anybody who's on his team, if they're not up to fucking speed, if they're not up to, you know, whatever, he just kicks them out or yeah. just rides their ass or whatever. He's like a total dick. Um, but they're setting the standard. You know what I'm saying? And so then he uh, he wasn't feeling it on this one run um, that they were doing, I think, through like Africa or something and was just getting crushed and i think it was on one of the i think it was the second river and after that he like stopped he started you know like he was going to take a few months off i think and then he started drinking doing drugs and whatever you know and a few months became like eight years and then he finally gets back into the boat because his life is going down you know hill or whatever um and it's kind of like that story of redemption. But anyway, he's the first person to run all three rivers because he hooks up with this one crew. So he's running this run that's named after him in um, like Idaho called like Scott's Hole or something like that, right? Some Scott shoot, some, some you know, Scott's thing. <laughs> yeah. But there's this really big hole in the shoot that you got. It's really technical to go through this, right? And so there's these, you know, new hot, like, um, you know, hotshot boaters, the new school boaters, and they see him and recognize him. And they're like, oh, you know, you're so-and-so. And so anyway, they hit it off. And these guys are super nice, right? They're super welcoming, super encouraging, super friendly. And they invite him to run that river because they're going to run that river, right? And then he'll be the first person to do all three and, you know, gets to that legendary status in the sport, whatever. But anyway, so they're interviewing him after, and he's almost crying. He's got his like lips quivering, and he was talking about what a dick he was and how this new crew like helped him find redemption and how you can be nice. And so this is what I was thinking about that. I think he's incorrect, and I think the message of the movie is incorrect in saying that because if he was not that person, he would never have pushed those boundaries. And then those new boaters might not never have done the things that he did because of they're running the first times. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're the fucking pioneers. Um, and so I think that aggressiveness or that dickedness or whatever 
paves the way for the next group. But I don't know if you can be that at that level and not be that kind of hard ass, you know, hard driver of a person. And so, you know, when we talk about, you know, like Michael Jordan, Jordan, and then you look at like Tiger Woods, I mean, Tiger Woods, his dad had him golfing. That's like what he did. You know, Um, I don't know if Tiger Woods was ever a jerk to anyone, but I'm just saying it was that extreme of his wife. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I was wondering uh, why no one said anything. I mean, but here's the thing with Tiger Woods. This is what I imagine because I don't really know much about him, but he just seems like such a good, wholesome guy that he probably turned it down, turned it down, turned it down, and it just broke him. Oh. Right? When you see that many gorgeous women and everybody around you is going to be like, "Dude, we won't say anything," you know, because they're, you know, part of his yeah. crew. I mean, I'm sure you feel at some point a power like, okay, and then... He broke. Yeah, and then he broke. (laughs) I wonder how many women it was to break him. Right. Five. (laughs) Five. Maybe. It might have been the first threesome offer, and then he was like, I can't resist. (laughs) Could have been the first one, just like... Could have been. Be like, oh, I can't resist this. When will I ever get this chance again? See, I think he was too disciplined. I think it took a while for him to crack. (laughs) Or does somebody that disciplined need an outlet to let loose a little bit? That's what I'm saying. I I think it probably took him, though, a little while to recognize that that was... Depends if he was, was outlet. I think but it I think was the that first that, PGA Tour he won. I mean, I mean was like, how was I'm he doing it in high school and college and stuff? Yeah. yeah. What was he doing back then? Was he fucking... You know, that's like, what I'm saying. I don't know much about him. He just his persona seemed to one, be dude. like, right. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. On that note. On that note. <laughs> All, right. All right. The ego. And there the paper go. nipple. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the ego and the paper nipple. Nice. I like it. Episode seventy-two. Don't Crazy. forget to follow and subscribe and share. Later.